0: wow welcome in everybody today we're talking episode two of hbo max's the last of us what a phenomenal episode the feeling of dread and loss and discomfort that this episode creates is absolutely insane it is one of the it, it's crazy to even say this but like When it comes to, like, the zombie apocalypse, when it comes to the end of the world pandemic kind of episodes and things for movies and TVs and things like that, this one just is, like, the top of the top. Like, one of the best episodes for explaining and showing and giving you that feeling of dread, that feeling of everything is screwed and no one's going to ever recover from this and everyone who's still alive, everyone who's still breathing, it just all just is slowly going to crumble away and envelop every single person. So just going from the top after starting like that, um, the flashbacks that the show has given us, this extra pieces of like info that as far as I remember from playing the game, and I did play it, about nine, ten years ago now, I played on the PS4. Uh, the last of it was remastered. Uh, as far as I remember, there wasn't any backstory as to where the virus came from, why it started, where it originated, and how it spread and w- why it spread. So, seeing at the start, the flashback to, I believe it was Indonesia, and they have a professor go into the hospital to look at a patient. And through that, they show the absolute dread that she has over her. And the feeling when she cuts into the ankle of the dead patient on the table. And how when she cuts it, she sees it instantly. She instantly knows what it is. She instantly knows to go and to check the mouth. And honestly, I was expecting for that dead infected to just bite her hand off, even though I knew she wasn't because they had already said that they had shot in the head. But, um, when, when she reaches her hand, her, her fingers, and then she pulls out that, that fungus, it's like still alive and still moving. And she instantly knows what it is. And she just, and, and she, and she just, just like realizes that that's it for them, that they're done. And her only reaction is, let me just be with my family. As this ends, It's terrifying she knows what's going to happen. She knows what needs to be done. And clearly, the city officials and and the military presence in the city doesn't take her serious because it gets widespread from there. But the fact that she knows and she's like, bomb. That's the only thing she says is bomb. And the, and the officer in the room with her, he's just like... It, it's almost like he just doesn't know how to to react to that, which granted in that situation, you probably wouldn't know how to react to that either, but it's just phenomenal how she reacts and how she phrases it and how she knows it just bomb everything and how she just, just like connects all the dots. And she's like, "How, how many people did she bite? How many people were bit that day? Who bit them? Who bit her? and how many other people are missing from the factory? And it's like 14 people missing from the factory. That means 14 potential infected within the city somewhere, just going crazy. And we see what what like what the virus can do to even older people as we saw in the first episode when the wheelchair-bound very sick uh grandma was in the chair and she was infected and then she ends up um, being able to get out of the chair and just jump around and run around when, Ed, when she clearly sh- shouldn't be able to do those things. So just thinking like it's even just the able-bodied people who go to work every day. Imagine that, but 14 of them and imagine the people that they go to, they go home, they infect their family, they infect their friends. And it's at that point, like it's a pandemic. It's widespread. It's in that entire city. And and she knows. She that that doctor instantly knows. And it is dreadful. It's powerful. It shows just how serious it is. It shows that there should in theory be no cure because it is a virus. And it, it's just, oh, it's so good. So yeah, uh, moving on from that, uh, they played the intro scene for The Last of Us. That, And this music is phenomenal. And big shout out to like Naughty Dog, the game developers of The Last of Us. They've done a, a number of other great games as well. But to most people... The Last of Us is their Crown Jewel game. But, um, yeah, so moving forward, we get the opening scene where Ellie's, like, waking up. And Joel is instantly just like, all right, like, let's kill her. And Tess, Tess is a very optimistic character. And she is like, okay, well, she's clearly still alive. She feels like she's telling the truth. And she's trying to get through to Joel, but Joel has been hardened by this world. Joel, so far in this world, has lost his daughter. He, uh, his brother's missing or out in the wild by himself. And now all he really has his test. So he doesn't want to risk anything. He does, he's, he'd rather stay in the QC, live out the rest of his life as safely as he can, and go from there. Uh, Tess is more um, optimistic. She wants to explore. Also, just a quick side note about Tess. Sorry to just like interject you like this. but Tess, I feel like in the game, from what I could tell, I feel like she was a bit younger than what she's portrayed as on the show. That could be because they don't want it to seem too weird that Joel and Tess are, like, hooking up. But I feel like in the game... Uh, Joel is about fifty-ish, in his early to mid fifties, I'd say. It, it, I I I would say anywhere from about forty-seven to fifty-four is like Joel's age range, and and like maybe they say in the game too. I know in the show he turned thirty-six, and on his birthday was the was the the like virus day, like big infection day. I'm pretty sure it was thirty-six. And then it's 25 years later, so he'd be 51 in the show. And I feel like they portray Tess as a woman in her mid-40s. But I want to say in the game, she feels and kind of looks closer to her late-20s, mid-30s-ish. I'll say like 29 to about 37, somewhere in that range. So maybe they want to just make her feel and look a little bit older than what she felt like in the game. Anyways, um... I don't see any problem with someone in their 50s, someone in their 30s being together, but whatever. I mean, that was in a game. The show, they probably wanted to make it look a little bit older. But that that does kind of stand out to me, having played the game. But I could be wrong. It has been 10 years since I've played it. Could be wrong on how old I think she feels and how she should feel. Anyways, um, yeah, so moving forward, they go into the hotel And they have to get up to the top floor. That's all good. It's a broken off passageway. And in the game, this happens a lot. And you get Tess in this first part that does it. But in the future, it'll be Ellie that starts to do these things for Joel. That way they can advance in the game. And I assume it'll be the same to advance in the show as well. So they end up on the balcony. And they're looking on the city. And Ellie, having been in the quarantine zone the entire time, She's, like, never seen the outside city, whereas Joel and Tess grew up before the uh the virus pandemic. So, her seeing it, she's fascinated by it, and, and, and they do it really well in the show. And it's very comparable to how they do it in the game as well. Like, there's a scene in the game that I hope, I hope, I hope it's in the show. And I'm pretty sure it is, because it is one of the biggest and most well, like, shot and planned out scenes in the game. I'm not going to say anything about it because I hope they show in the in the show. And I feel like they will. And I feel like it's, it's going to be one of those scenes that just awes everyone. And everyone's going to be talking about that scene for sure. You'll know it when you see it. And I'll say when it comes out as well, for sure. But, um, yeah, I I, I love how they capture Ellie, just awe of everything, and how playful she is and how young she is. But also how, like, naive she is. She's willing to take these risks. She's willing to make mistakes. And it just... It makes you feel like it's going to come back to haunt you. And it haunts you because... As a video game... If you picture this as a video game... She's your sidekick. She's just... Because you play as Joel in the game. So she's the one that's making all the mistakes. And you have to kind of clean them up. So in the show... It feels like Joel is just, like, he's like he, like, has to be, like, a dad to her. He has to clean up her mistakes. And at this point in, in the show and in his life, you can tell that he doesn't want to do that. He, he has no reason to want to do that. He has no inkling at all of, like, man, like, maybe this girl just needs someone to talk to, you, someone to guide her. Joel does not give a shit. He just wants to do his own thing clearly already has wanted to leave her. But Ellie's just, like, youthful playness, and it it, it might rub off wrong on some other people. People who didn't play the game, I feel like, might be like, man, this girl is just so, like, unserious. Like, like everything about her is just, like, very playful, and she has, like, a really sharp tongue, and, like, really, like, witty comebacks. But that's exactly how she is in the game. Like, that's how we, like, us game fans of it, and I don't want to come off as, like, condescending people who didn't play the game, because... It's console exclusive. It's a game that's ten years old, even older. I think. I want to say 2010, 2011 It came out twenty twelve, maybe twenty eleven. I want to say. Yeah, like I and like I don't want to say this to, to, to 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 say anything about people who didn't play the game, but this is how Ellie's supposed to feel. She's supposed to feel very snarky, very witty, a lot of little small little comebacks and ways making her like 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 great. Like now she's to me too, so she with Bella Ramsey playing Ellie it it is fantastic. It's exactly how she should be. So um, but yeah um, she plays around. She does a little like hotel little. Can I get your finest sweet thing? And that's just so in character for her, and it'll grow on you. I I I, I find her very comparable to like like if. If, if if any of y'all have watched Star Wars, the Clone Wars, you know that her character is very similar to uh, to Ahsoka Tano. Now Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan, and she was hated early on in Clone Wars. Not all people liked her, but her character development over the series is well planned out to where honestly she's a lot of people's favorite Star Wars character now. She's my she's my favorite Star Wars character now. And, like, it's such a great character. And Ellie's kind of the same way. And I love all these, like, female leads that have popped up over pop culture who aren't the damsel in distress, but who are the snarky ones, the smart ones, the ones wanting to take the risk. Ahsoka's that. Ellie's that. Aloy is that. She's another character from another PlayStation series who potentially could also be getting a a show because I think that series has a ton of potential for a show, for sure. But, yeah, um... So her playing around, her youthfulness, her playfulness, it's great. I enjoy the show a lot. It's a lot of fun. Um, But, yeah, so they end up on the on the balcony. And from the balcony, they're able to look out from there. And they see all the infected that is on the ground. And Tess explains it to Ellie's like, they're all connected. Anything that you do to any other one that's also connected... Like they're like they're gonna feel it too, and when they feel it, they all just create a horde and just run after you, and it is terrifying and it is absolutely insane. And that little bit of foreshadowing that they drop for you, they they give you that bit of info, and then you just know like as a viewer, you're just like, oh man, like something's gonna happen, like like there's gonna be a just horde of them just running at them, and it does come, it does come. But yeah, explaining that, like, like they like they create roots, they plant roots in the ground, and those roots let you know what's happening, and let them know what's happening. It's phenomenal. Just great storytelling. There's things that they let you know in the game. It's things that you kind of wonder, like, okay, like how are they gonna translate this? How are they gonna get this to the regular viewer? And just outright really telling them like that, like essentially it's like you're playing the game and you're Ellie and Tess is the experienced player. And she's just telling you, like, hey, watch out for this. You know, like, there's something coming here. You need to know about this. Good. Um, and then from there, they have to go the hard route instead because they can't walk through all those infected. So they have to um, go the hard way. So the hard way is through the museum. And this is where... They go flashlights out, completely silent. Ellie finds a body. The body is killed in a way that she hasn't seen before. That she—it's not from a regular infected. And Joel and Tess instantly go into silence mode, and it's like zero dark thirty. It's like Braun the playoffs. All communications off, and the dread just falls over you. Especially like as a player, like you know it's coming. Someone who's played the game and you know, what you that, I I honestly hope that, that 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 sounded right. If not, whatever. But um, like once you the like once you the clicks, you know that you're in for some shit, dude. Like oh man, the clickers. So clickers in the game is if you don't sneak past them and one gets the jump on you, like you're instantly dead. Like it just game over's you right there. And you have to restart from your last save checkpoint. So it's literally one of the the like one hit kills like in the game. It, it is insane, and and the animations for it, and they show you dying in the game. It, it it's gruesome. It's great, and the way they're portrayed here, like there's some like end level boss, and there's two of them, and there too, two, and they're oh fantastic, phenomenal. Like also like their design and how they move. And how their faces, and like the way they kind of just like screech, and the clicking noises, just the clicks, and you just hear them, and it's just it—it's just instant dreading. You're just oh my god, it is, it is so good? It is really good, but um, yeah, like the clickers are such a great creation of the Last of Us series. It just fits the whole virus the virus like so well that there are more evolved species of the infected and they become clickers. Uh, I can't remember if they explain how they're created or not. Maybe we'll see in the show, but from my recollection of 10 years ago playing this game, I don't remember much outside of the main storyline. So maybe it's explained the game. Maybe it's not, but, um, yeah, like, and just showing just how much of a threat they are and how you have to be spot on when trying to kill these things. Like, they can fuck you up and they will. And you're just kind of like, holy shit, these guys are about to die. I'm about to die. Um, yeah, uh, Tess gets infected. She ends up having a, I mean, she, she gets bit. So, and you can instantly tell how, how frantic she is and. She wants to hurry up and move on and get Ellie through, and Ellie probably already knows that point. Joel's oblivious, of course, but yeah, um, that whole interaction—that's that's about how you expect to go like, in the game as well. It's 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 terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But yeah, so then now we kind of move on from there, and we get to the. We get to the part where we see them get to the Capitol building and Joel instantly know something's up. He can I mean he checks out the car. Knowing the car, there's blood over the door, blood leads inside, they're all kinda of just dead inside. Someone clearly got bit, went inside, got the rest of them infected, they fought, they all ended up dying. I mean it happens, you're gonna see this a lot in this show so um next thing you know one more of them is infected and there's also a test that's it like lets them know that hey i'm infected because ellie calls her out and she can't tell just from how frank the test was and she played that great that was so good like the way that the chiefs instantly starts to change her her character and her reactions to things are so different. And Joel can kind of see. He's like, "Hey, like, the, like, 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 you aren't usually like this, you know? Like, like, why don't you calm down a little bit?" But of course, she's infected. She she's running out of time instantly too. And I, I think it sets in for Tess as well. It's like, wow, like maybe Ellie really is a cure because Tess can already feel herself going, and she wasn't bit. I mean, and show that that was probably. 20 to 45 minutes ago when she was bit and she's already starting to feel like herself turning like into an infected with the virus. so um yeah and that just gives her hope that maybe one day Ellie could be the key to to solving everything. And then of course we go through there and test sense up uh, pouring gasoline, pouring, Uh, throwing grenades, and then finally getting her lighter to light, and it blows everything up. The the creepiest part is when that one infected just turns and sees Tess, and it's like they already know that she's infected, and he goes to, like, to, like, kind of, like, to, like, dock on her, to pass the virus physically to her now. She finally gets the match to light, drops on the ground, blows up the Capitol building, and just creates this sense of like, holy crap, this person seemed like a main character. She's in the entire first episode, and she's in the majority of the second episode, and now she's dead at the end of it. I honestly thought she would get through three or four episodes. I knew that she was going to die from playing the game. But, um... Yeah, I just, I feel like she was going to get at least three episodes, maybe four, but having it focused on Joel and Ellie moving forward for the, I think, I think they're doing nine episodes for this. So the next seven episodes, I think it will be really good. I think people will really enjoy this. It'll really turn people onto the series. And this episode's a heavy hitter. I think this is going to be one that sticks in people's minds for years to come when they l- want to look back on the series and be like what which episode of these were really great. I think the second one. The second one's going to stick out in people's minds for sure. Um yeah, that's that's my recap. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you all enjoyed this kind of storytelling vibe to this more so. Um this definitely th- this series is going to be a thrill ride. Just like everything about it, it's gonna draw people in. It's gonna make it like an event almost, and it's gonna feel great. It's it's gonna be amazing. And honestly, I think we're gonna be getting these weekly from me now until the series is done. So I hope y'all enjoyed this one. Uh, make sure to share the podcast if you enjoyed it. Share it with someone that listens to the show, or not listen to the show, that watches that watch the show, or or played the game. Maybe they're like, "Oh, I already played the game. I don't need watch the show." get them to watch the show and then recommend them this podcast after that all right hope you enjoyed this has been Alfredo Aguilar on the opening podcast I'll catch you on the next one watch The Last of Us episode two out now on HBO Max see ya